Business Women Rock, Episode 28. Ladies, it's time to rock. Welcome to the Business Women Rock Podcast, where we get down and dirty with the world's most incredible business women. Inspire your journey by listening to theirs. And now, here's your host, Katie Kremitzos. What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Business Women Rock podcast. I'm so excited that you're here today. Today's episode is really the start of the 10th week, just the 10th week of the Business Women Rock podcast. And it's been such an exhilarating ride so far and a really great chance to experience what podcasting is all about. So the question that I continue to get from the community is, Katie, what is this podcasting thing? How can I use podcasting as you know a really great way to be able to talk to my audience, build my audience, build my business, and how does it all work? And so in celebration of all of those questions and an attempt to really answer and give you what you're looking for to answer those questions, I'm taking two huge action steps this week. The first is, is that I'm going to be putting on a podcasting workshop. Now, for those of you who have been listeners for quite some time, you'll remember that my husband and I actually own a company called the Tampa Bay Business Owners, which is a local entrepreneurs group here in the Tampa Bay area. And so one of the things that we are so passionate about is bringing state-of-the-art, on-the-cuff of you know technology and business education to the local community here. So when we started our podcasting journey just 10 weeks ago, actually before that, as we were prepping for it, we really understood that we were walking this path um, with the intention also to share everything that we were learning with our local community. So if you're listening to this and you're in the local area and you want to be able to learn more about podcasting and how it all works, then please make sure to go to bizwomenrock.com and you'll be able to get all the information about that particular event. If you're not local, but you definitely want access to a three-hour workshop on how to podcast and what it's all about, and what the benefits are, then also go to bizwomenrock.com and you'll be able to um, purchase the actual footage from the event. So that's one of the major things that I'm doing just to make sure to get the information out there. And the second is that this week I am dedicating the entire week of guests to the women of podcasting. It is very important for me to be able to support the businesswomen out there and especially the businesswomen who are totally rocking it in the podcasting space. So that leads us right into today's guest. Today's guest is Natalie Ekdahl, who is the host of the Biz Chicks podcast. And she's also the co-founder of Schedule Max, which is an online scheduling software. She is absolutely incredible. She and I are actually peers. We launched our podcast around similar times. And so I'm interviewing her today, not only about her business background and her experience, but why she started getting into podcasting and what it's really done for her and all of the tips and tricks and tools that she's learned along the way. So it's going to be really educational. So turn up the volume. The interview starts now. Natalie, thank you so much for being on the show today. I am delighted to be here. Thank you for having me, Katie. 
I'm so excited to be able to have you here today because honestly, you are one of my peers in this whole podcasting business and I have been watching you kind of pull up the ranks at the same time that Business Women Rock has been out. And this being the Women of Podcasting series, I am dying to find out more about you, more about your story, and to let our listeners really know what's out there and available and what experiences fellow podcasters are having. So... Let's go ahead and dive in. How long have you been podcasting? Oh, well, I started January 31st of 2014. So it's been about eight weeks. Wow. So fairly, fairly new. And and in that newness, though, you have had some major successes, which we're going to talk about. But I really want to talk a little bit about who you are beforehand so we can really better understand your goals and what you're doing with your podcast. So can you tell us a little bit about what you were doing and what you have been doing in your life before January 31st of 2014, before you launched Biz Chicks podcast? Sure. And by the way, also congratulations to you on all of your success. I have also enjoyed our peer relationship that we've had of rising up together and also getting to know each other um, along the process over the last few weeks and just celebrating every woman's success in this uh, form of podcasting. So it's really exciting. Before I started the podcast uh, for the last few years, my husband and I have been uh, running schedulemax.com together. It's a company that we founded together. We got the idea for it in 2010 and launched it publicly, you know, first to sell our product viably. It took us almost a year later to do that. And so it's an online scheduling software that service providers use to allow their customers to book appointments with them 24-7. And it sends an automatic confirmation of the appointment and a reminder email and text so that it helps eliminate the no-show problems a lot of people have with uh, that are in appointment-based businesses. And by the way, I mean, I actually just use your software in order to book um, an interview with you on your show, and it's fantastic software. So you guys obviously did your homework on what everything needed. Can you talk a little bit about kind of the process for anyone out there who's wanting to maybe make some software, create that to be able to fulfill a niche? You know, what did you guys actually have to go through in order to launch your schedule, Max? Well, I will say when you're just sitting around talking about the idea, it's a lot easier than actually making it happen. <laughs> it was a much more complex software and project than we imagined. But our goal was to create one, a business that we could do together. My husband is a software developer and I have a business background, a business consulting and management and marketing background. I have an MBA. And so we just were trying to find something that we could do together. And I am the type of person that loves to do everything online. So I really don't want to call my hairstylist or my skincare professional or if I was to have a personal trainer, I don't really want to call that person and go back and forth and back and forth and phone tag. And we were initially looking for a project to do together that could help other entrepreneurs because we both love helping other people and we love small business. So this really just kind of filled that niche of when I like to be efficient and productive and so does my husband and it helped other people and it helped their customers too. So it fits so many things that we were looking to do. But as far as the process, it's really actually very complicated, but we learned so much along the way. What I would recommend now is to look at kind of the lean startup model for launching a software, which is to find a pain point in the marketplace and then find customers that want to work with you as you develop your product. And so they're working with you along the way and giving you feedback. 
So that wasn't a model we knew about when we started. And we had to even just initially decide which technology, which software to program in, which was a big decision. And then we needed to find additional programmers to work with us. And we actually needed a designer to work with us too, because my husband's a, a developer, but the design part is actually really different. And he and I working together is what made our software so user-friendly. And that's really one of our competitive advantages is that you know, if you're if you're offering online scheduling to your customers, it needs to be as fast and easy as them picking up a phone, because that's really the competitor of our software is someone picking up the phone and calling their service provider. So we really tried to make the experience um, just as fast and simple and intuitive as possible for the users. So out of curiosity, back in 2010, when you initially had this idea, there was really nothing else that existed like this. And since during that time that you guys were developing the actual software, since then, not many, but there have been a handful of folks who have come out onto the scene who are direct competitors of yours. How have you and your husband as kind of strategists for your company really handled that? Okay, great question. Well, exactly. When we when we started, there were, you know, a couple people on the market doing what we wanted to do, which isn't a problem. There's always room for more than one competitor out there, right? Because people want choice and sometimes people will use more than one thing. But in our situation, in the time lapse from our idea to actually launching our product to the market, a lot of competitors came on the scene. One of the companies that had been kind of smaller when we started really got a lot bigger and they really got some traction in the market. So what we had to really look at was what what niches could we serve best? Basically, we can see what our competitors are doing. And then when we would do kind of competitor analysis and talk to people using different products in the marketplace, we would hear, well, I like this part about it and I like I don't like that part about it. And so we were able to make a few adjustments in our software, but also look at some things we had created that they didn't have. And uh, one of them is the ability to send text messages. So we send a text reminder to the customer of our service providers, which really has, our feedback we're getting is it really reduces no-shows. We realized we had a feature that was especially well-suited for the skincare industry. So skincare professionals are estheticians that tend to have customers that book multiple appointments at once. And our software allows them to click those, say they want to get a facial and an eyebrow wax and a bikini wax all in one appointment. In our software, the customer can just click, click, click those three appointments and go through the process. Whereas in many of our competitors, majority of our competitors, you would have to book one appointment and then go back, start over, book your second service, go back and start over and then book your third service, which if I'm that customer, I'm not going through that. I'm going to pick up the phone and call. So we really gained a lot of traction in the skincare industry and started getting invited to speak at some different functions in mainly in California where we're based, where skincare professionals were gathering and just sharing what our product does and tips on their businesses as well. What is the business model for Schedule Max? It's a subscription-based business, so it's a month-to-month service, and that's pretty standard in our industry. There, there don't tend to be like, you know, long-term contracts. It's a cloud-based software. It's, it's in the category of software as a service. So our customers uh, sign up for our software. There's a 30-day free trial, and and then they pay us a monthly subscription. And so our software is programmed to automatically charge them every month. 
And so this is really ideal for somebody who's really doing a lot of meetings, having a masseuse, a therapist, esthetician, hairstylist, you know, somebody doing interviews. Obviously, this is ideal for podcasters and people actually doing interviews. I got to tell you, I did not have any service like this 30 days ago. And 30 days ago, now have a service like this. And I am amazed. I'm blown away, actually, by I'm sitting here tugging out my hair going, why did I never get this before? Like, this is so easy. I was doing the email back and forth with here are three times that work for me. Choose that, you know, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, I'm sure you must get that kind of feedback from your clients every day about just how simple it is. We do. One, it's so exciting that we can serve so many different niches. So, uh, like you said, there's, you know, we have chiropractors using us, we have dentists using us, house cleaners using us, basically anyone that you would call on the phone to book an appointment with yourself. Those are the types of people that are using our software. And then we're really excited about the booming (laughs) podcasting industry, which you and I are a part of because every podcaster needs to schedule interviews with someone. And it is, we're all looking to book guests that are extremely busy. And so basically what our software does is it allows people to just see my availability. You don't see my whole schedule. You don't see why I'm busy. I might be getting my hair done. I might be having lunch with my kids <laughs> um, or I might be interviewing someone else. You you don't see that. You just see my availability. And then you you sync that with your schedule and say, OK, I have this time available, too. And you and you schedule the appointment. So, um, yeah, we have coaches using us. We added the ability to book classes. So that's great for coaches that have like say a online training or an online conference call with multiple people. They can schedule say 20 users into one time slot. They can decide the limit or make it unlimited. So say they want to allow 500 people (laughs) to book into that time slot, they can do that. So that's another feature that we have in our software as well. So transitioning perfectly, let's talk about podcasting. You are one of the great female podcasters out there, and I'm deliberately on this series talking with women-hosted podcasts in all sorts of different areas, in all sorts of different time lengths of, of being a podcaster. You are someone who's fairly new to the scene. How come you decided to podcast? Like, what was that? How did you get that inspiration? That is such a great question. I can't wait till you're on my show and I can ask you the same thing (laughs) because I think we have similar, probably similar stories. So as an entrepreneur and a busy mom, I have two kids and I I have another one on the way. I don't know if you knew that. Yes. Yes. Oh, I listened (laughs) to the new intro. Of course I did. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I'm expecting my third child um, in September and so just as a as an entrepreneur, I'm really busy and I actually don't have a lot of time to network outside of my business. And so I really found myself feeling very lonely as an entrepreneur. You know, I have my my girlfriends, but really none of my other friends are entrepreneurs. And so it's just a different mindset. And so I started listening to podcasts and I know this this sounds silly, but that was kind of my friend group. <laughs> you know, just getting to connect and hear what other people are are doing in their business but the 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 podcasts i were listening to were mainly hosted by men interviewing men and when the male interviewer would interview a woman they wouldn't necessarily ask them the questions i have which is i'm always trying to figure out how to be more productive and i'm always trying to figure out ways to balance work and family life better and and of course i love hearing people's stories too so for some crazy reason <laughs> the serial entrepreneur in me decided it would be really 
awesome to have a podcast that really fit those those things that I wanted to hear. And thankfully, my parents just kind of raised me to believe I can do anything. And so I was like, well, I'm going to start a podcast. And so kind of the idea kind of started germinating around last September, October of 2013. And my husband and I went to New Media Expo. Uh, which is a conference in Las Vegas at the beginning of January with bloggers, podcasters, and web TV professionals. And all we had at that conference was a logo, a Twitter handle, and I think a placeholder website. And within three weeks of returning, we had launched our podcast. Wow, that's incredible. Let me ask you this, because you do a five day a week show, which is for, you know, anyone who is thinking about getting into podcasting, there are people who do once a month, once a week, multiple times a week, up to people who do seven times a week. It is very tedious to actually do and commit to five times a week. So why did you make that decision? And how have you managed and been able to kind of fill a pipeline that continues to feed that five times a week schedule? I knew I didn't want to do seven days a week. I have a few podcasts I follow that are seven days a week, and it's hard for me to keep up with them. And I just don't have that much time to listen to that many episodes. And I, we just settled. My husband and I just settled on five days a week. My husband does all of the editing and production of the podcast, and that's my secret weapon. So that's how he's my secret weapon. That's really, you know, the main reason I'm able to do this. I would not be able to do it if I didn't have his help. And I didn't know I was going to need this much help from him when I launched this. I didn't realize the amount of time it would take to edit an episode, which is significant. Yes, it is. I'll vouch for that one. (laughs) (laughs) And then we also knew that in order to pull this off, we needed an assistant. And so we hired a virtual assistant. She's based in the Philippines and she does the primarily all the show notes and she helps me keep track of guests. She's starting to help me invite guests. So we have like a database we share, a Google Doc, um, Excel spreadsheet we share that shows who we've invited, if we've heard back from them, who we need to follow up with. And then we also have a, a spreadsheet that shows who our guests are, what things we still need from them because we get a bio from each person and a headshot and they answer a few questions in advance for us. And so we kind of, she helps me keep organized with that. And again, that's my other secret weapon is having that help. And then we're also starting to train her to do support for Schedule Mac. And that's when we hired her. We said, you know, you're really working for two different companies with, you know, some different skill sets involved. And that's the type of person we were looking for. And so she's going to start doing just some of the first level support for uh, Schedule Max, you know, answering customer emails. And because of the time zone difference, it will also help us provide more of a 24 hour solution for that as well. So on your show, you're really highlighting and interviewing just really great entrepreneurial women, as well as a cool few dudes as well, <laughs> yes. um, which I think is great, by the way, because I, I'll be very honest with you. I tend to be very gender neutral when it comes to business. I'm all about learning from just the lesson, whatever the lesson is, no matter who that comes from. And so, you know, this just happened to be a niche that I am very passionate about and I want to make sure to fulfill. But there are definitely times where I'm like, oh, I want him on the show. Oh, I want him on the show. Oh, man. OK, no, they don't fit the criteria. So it was a really great decision and a strategy on your part to be able to sort of kind of put a blanket over what the focus is, but also being able to have a space to be able to highlight uh, stories from men. What is your criteria for what kind of men that you will bring on? 
Well, it's actually become kind of funny because they've become this little group of my cool dudes. So I say that I interview amazing female entrepreneurs and a few cool dudes five days a week. And I'm kind of trying to intentionally keep the numbers about 90% female, 10% male. And occasionally just because of the way scheduling works, our schedule syncing, you know, sometimes you might hear uh, two guys kind of back to back and then there might be a number of weeks before you hear another male on the show. <laughs> my criteria is if I find them interesting, basically. And I like something they're doing in the business world. So my favorite cool dude, and I think the other cool dudes don't mind that I have a favorite, is 12-year-old Ryan Kelly of Ryan's Barkery, who got an offer on Shark Tank from Barbara Corcoran. It was just such a, a pleasure to interview him and so fun. You know, he's he's 12. So it, it was a cute interview. And I interviewed him for half the show and his mom for half the show because she's actually helping him run the business on a day-to-day -day basis. But it's his his business. He owns it. I'm glad I didn't miss the opportunity to interview people like that. And I was also able to interview a mentor of both of ours, John Lee Dumas, who has a, a huge podcast, Entrepreneur on Fire. And he was a huge inspiration to me. And so it was just an honor to have him on. And so just as I meet or come across men I find as cool dudes, my ultimate cool dude, I, I like to put this out there because I figure if I keep saying it, it's going to happen, is Malcolm Gladwell. And I just can't wait to interview him someday and talk about how he creates his books and how he researches and gets the ideas for his books and just to learn more about him as a person. So seeing as though this is really the Women of Podcasting series, I really want to get a little down and dirty with some of the nuts and bolts of how you have succeeded in your podcast thus far and what some of your goals are. So you mentioned in the beginning that when you guys went to the New Media Expo in January, you really just kind of had a logo and, you know, kind of super basics. Can you talk about what tools or resources that you have used since that have worked really well for you? Obviously, you use Schedule Max. It's a huge resource for you guys. What other resources have you used to be able to, to really get your podcast going? Well, one, my other secret weapon is a community of podcasters that you and I are both a part of, which is called Podcasters Paradise. And that was started by John Lee Dumas, who I mentioned before, as who's a mentor and an inspiration. And that really was what helped us get going faster. So it's a, a community with a lifetime membership fee. And within the community is our training videos and explanations, but also the other people in the community, there's a lot of experts in different areas. So people to help you decide what equipment to buy, what software to use. Uh, we record all of our interviews via Skype, audio only. And we use Adobe Audition to record the interview. It records on two tracks. And then we actually also use Call Recorder, which is another software. We're actually recording it in two places. Every interview is being recorded and is like our backup. So my husband, since he's a software developer, he's all about things being redundant. So, so every interview is actually recorded twice. And then we were planning actually to outsource a lot of the editing, but we've just really been challenged in finding someone that can edit um, to the level that we would like it edited. So that's a hope just to continue finding that right person at the right price to help us with editing. And I think for everyone listening, that's really, I think, one of the things that takes the most time. And Natalie, listening to your podcast, I can obviously assume that you are the same uh, as I am as far as being a stickler for content. Like, 
you know, you really watch over what kind of content goes out. So you really want to make sure that your audios are as auditorily appealing as possible, that there's no major hiccups, that stuff that sort of didn't need to be said gets cut out. And what you're talking about is really a challenge that a lot of podcasters have. When do I give over the, the editing? And, and when I do, it really has to be of a super high quality. So I, I know that I can put my stamp on it at the end of the day, right? Exactly. And as as much of a perfectionist as I am about it, my husband is even more so. So he literally has self-taught himself how to do this. And obviously he's so technical, it really lends to his skill set. But sometimes I'm like, let's just put it out. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, he's like, I, you know, he's just keeps tweaking and he's learned how to do all these things to fix problems. And, you know, a lot of times our guests might have some problems on their end with, with their connection or maybe their equipment they're using to record. It, well, it's unless they're a fellow podcaster, it's unlikely they have the kind of equipment we have. It is a huge challenge. And, and I think that's would be like great advice for that you and I could give to a fellow podcaster is to just really do your research on how long it's going to take you to edit your podcast and how much it really takes out of you because interviewing, you know, you're on for you know, right now, you and I are in our on moments for this entire interview. And to do a lot in a row is it's hard to keep it fresh. What are your goals that you have for the Biz Chicks podcast? So I am a huge planner, as you can tell from Schedule Max, <laughs> like creating a, a scheduling software. But I actually wanted to try something a little different with the podcast. And, was to, and that is to create a community and allow it to grow and let the community tell me what they want. And so it's already starting to happen. I'm starting to hear from my listeners about what they're struggling with in their businesses. And I'm starting to get asked to speak locally right now to other entrepreneurs. And so I'm just using the community. I'm letting them tell me what they need. I have a background in consulting and coaching, and I would love to do that again. One of the things I'm most excited about creating, this is my plan for the summer, is to create some accountability groups where I, I get groups of women together and we're connected online and we take a big goal. Each person works on their goal and we have accountability and we're together for say 30 days or 60 days or 90 days. And I'm still formulating what that will look like. But I know as a, basically a solopreneur, I'm working with my husband, we're working on different things. Sometimes I just need to focus on one or two specific goals and have someone else there checking in on me. And it, I don't think it has to be, you know, a one-on-one -on -one coaching situation. I think that's fun too, but I think sometimes having a group to kind of hold you accountable and like cheer you on is so powerful. So that's kind of what I'm hearing is being needed right now. And I'm just really excited to see where the community grows and where it takes the podcast and, and all the ideas we have together. What kind of effects have you experienced thus far because of your podcast? Well, one interesting thing I didn't realize is that as podcasters, we're actually members of the media. So just realizing that I'm a member of a me the media. And so if there's a writer that has a book out I'm interested in, I can most likely get a free copy of it. Or if I'm interviewing someone that's an author, I can ask them, you know, can I have an advanced copy of your book so I can review it before our interview? And just kind of changing my mindset to be thinking about, okay, I'm a member of a media. And we actually had the opportunity to get a media pass. There was a business event going on and we were able to get a media pass to attend the event. So yeah, just changing some mindset. And then I think also just kind of being considered an expert in 
in what we're doing. You know, the more you and I talk to these different amazing women, we're becoming experts in business women for you. And I know you're interviewing entrepreneurs too, but my focus is on people who have founded their own business. And so kind of becoming an expert in that area. And so one of my other plans, which has evolved as well, is to uh, put together a book on the my key takeaways from interviewing all these entrepreneurs. So my plan is once I have my first 100 interviews done, then to launch a book that captures, you know, the key learnings in the different areas we talk about from motherhood to relationships to productivity to just even some of the amazing tools that the different entrepreneurs are using. That leads me to this exact question, which is so many of the women and men that you're talking to on the phone, your conversation really will quite often lead to how are you balancing all of these different things in your life? And you know, what tips can you give to people about how to start something new and still be able to manage all these other elements of life? So what have you learned from some of your interviewees, some of your guests about how to balance all the things that we have going on? Okay, I'm going to share these, but with a caveat that I'm not doing all of them. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could implement all of them. The best tip I've had that I am not yet doing is to not check your email first thing in the morning and to instead focus the beginning of your day on creating revenue for your business, whether that is connecting with a new client or creating content that will produce revenue for your business, but to spend that like best part of your day on your business and not resp- not being responsive. So I, I, it's kind of being um, active instead of just passive and responsive to what's being thrown out, you know, because email is being thrown at us. But to me, it's so easy. This is what I do. And I'm working on changing this is you can get stuck for an hour responding to emails and then someone sends you a link and you go read their blog and then you're on Facebook and then you're on Twitter. And <laughs> before you know it, a couple hours have passed and you have not created anything for your business. So that's probably one of the best things. Another thing involving email is to have a one touch rule on email. So you don't look at email unless you have time to do something with it. So, so often I know I do this too, and this is something I'm also, I am, I am starting to implement this is, you know, you're looking at email and you read it and then you're like, okay, I'll get back to that one later. I don't have time for that. And you read all these emails, but you really don't have the time to respond to them. So you basically don't check your email unless you have time to respond to it. And when you respond to it, you do something with it. So you either reply right away, you forward it to someone else to do something, you delete it. And then other people use a software called Boomerang for things that that need to be looked at later. And Boomerang allows you to like boomerang it back to you if you think of a boomerang so you send it out into email space and say come back to me a week from now I don't need to look at you right now I don't need to respond to you right now so that's been another great tip that's a great one and actually if you guys go to bizwomenrock.com and opt in the free ebook that you guys get sent to you has you know 12 different tools that business women can't live without and boomerang is one of them it's a great tool that I use I really want to know, how do you, Miss Natalie, how do you actually manage everything? You still run a full-time business. You have, you know, you're in business with your husband. You are a mother of almost three and you're doing a five-day-a-week podcast. What are your tips that, that you would give to how you're actually managing all of that? 
That's a very good question. You know, there are some days where I do it really well and some days that I don't do it so well. But on the days I do it well, these are kind of the things I think about is I want to make sure that I have time to connect with my kids. So I primarily work from home and I have a 12-year-old daughter and she's homeschooling this year. She's very self-sufficient and an amazing student. And then I have a two-year-old toddler who is very busy and active and needs a lot of entertaining. And I have a nanny that comes in three times a week. And then my mom lives about 45 minutes away. And she comes in about, she comes one day a week, about two or three times a month. So I I get some help from family as well. And I do a lot of work early in the morning and I do work at night when the kids are in bed. And then on the days I have my nanny, I work a lot during the day. But if I have, say I have two or three interviews scheduled and then I can take a break, I might go play with my son for a while or take him to the park or have lunch with him or put him down for a nap, maybe have a nap with him. I'm pregnant now, so I'm trying to take care of myself a little better. And, and then I just try to delegate as much as I can in my life. So right now, uh, my garage is crazy, crazy town. (laughs) It needs to be organized and I love things to be organized and I know I don't have time to do it. So I actually hired an organizer, professional organizer to come in and help me do it. So the last few weeks she's been coming in for just a couple hours at a time. She's a mom also. So I love, I'm supporting a local business. I'm supporting another mom. She comes in while her kids are at school and she'll go through certain areas and leave me a couple projects to do. But just having someone who someone else who's in charge of that and being able to delegate that off is fantastic. And then my nanny, she takes care of a lot of the household chores for me. So she helps keep my house clean and she does the majority of the family's laundry, you know, while my son is playing or napping. And uh, so that's how I'm able to get more done because I'm delegating tasks that other tasks that I have. And the same with our virtual assistant. She's been, honestly, we wouldn't be, have been able to launch our podcast and continue running our business without her help. So that's just been amazing. So I want to talk a little bit about how you have marketed your podcast because listeners are the lifeblood of your podcast. That's the only way that your podcast is going to continue to survive. So what have you done marketing wise to get the word out about your podcast that have been really effective? Well, initially, I started only with Twitter. And partially, it was because I wanted to learn how to use Twitter better and understand that social media platform better. So I started out just building followers on Twitter. And that's still my main place where I am getting the word out. And then we added our Facebook group, which is still very small because we didn't have We had zero audience before we started, which if I could go back in time, that's what I would change. I would have started to build a community as soon as I had the idea. And so I would say that is a lesson learned that someone else could do better on if they're going to come into the podcast world, which I hope you will. It's so much fun. I hope people will. We keep getting more and more female podcasters joining the ranks. And then I've actually started after interviewing a guest talking about the power of LinkedIn, I'm realizing, well, a lot of the people that the women I'm looking for, the listeners are on LinkedIn. So I'm now starting to, I I hadn't even changed my LinkedIn profile. (laughs) You know, I didn't even realize it until I was talking to this guest and that interview, her name was Karen Yankovic. And so I I said, as soon as this podcast is over, (laughs) I am going to go update my LinkedIn profile to reflect the podcast. And I did that. And so I'm starting to get some traction from LinkedIn as well. And then just attending conferences. Uh, I attended New Media Expo, which is where I met people. And I actually met a number of guests that I've interviewed at that conference. And, and then I just attended Social Media Marketing World, 
and podcasting was one of the hot topics there. And I was able to, you know, connect with a lot of people. And even I asked a few questions when I was in some different rooms of, of different panels of people. And I mentioned that I was a new and noteworthy and I actually became a little mini celebrity <laughs> for in those sessions for a few moments because other people are trying to get where you and I are right now, Katie. And not everybody that launches a podcast is able to see themselves, you know, in the top five of the business, <laughs> new and noteworthy. It's a very competitive space and so happy that we both get to be there next to each other on a regular basis. And, and so I, I've experienced just, you know, that was just a few days ago and I can see my download numbers have significantly increased just from being at that conference. And then my guests are so wonderful and most of them have very large audiences and they promote the show to their audiences. So I am, it's through multiple ways. And then being in new and noteworthy is probably the primary place that you get new listeners. So when someone is looking to discover a new podcast to listen to, they look to iTunes as new and noteworthy section. So I worked really hard to get and maintain that position. And it's been, I, I'm sure, you know, the way I would say at least 50% of my listeners have come through that. And when I, when I hear back from listeners, that's what I'm hearing too. So I'm going to ask you the question that probably most people unfamiliar or who have just kind of heard about podcasting as a business might want to know is how in the world do you make money podcasting? Is it even possible? So right now I am making no money podcasting. <laughs> Let's just be honest there. So my my hope is that there will be multiple streams of revenue associated with the podcast. One will be through sponsorship. But one thing I learned at this conference I was just at is that for most successful, the top, you know, five or 10 podcasters out there, they do not want to be dependent on sponsorship income as their main source of income. So they really encourage you to create a product or service linked to your podcast because that is something you have control of and you're not dependent on, you know, sponsors here one day, gone the next. But for, for us, uh, that will be a, you know, a good first step is getting sponsors. And I, what I'm really excited about focusing on women and for the other podcasters out there that are focusing on targeting women is women are still, you know, buy 80% of the products, make 80% of the purchases for a home. So I have to think that sponsors are going to be especially interested in our podcast once they connect that we, we are owning the female year. So, so I'm really excited about where that leads for all of us that are targeting women and just also having the opportunity to coach people one-on-one, -on -one, to coach people in groups, the accountability group I'm talking about. And later, you know, I'll see what the community wants, but I'm open to creating courses and, you know, eBooks and, and traditional books that will serve my listeners. Natalie, how do you get your guests and how do you decide who's going to be a guest on your show? Well, initially, I just kind of thought about who I would want to hear. And it was a combination of um, people I follow their blogs, uh, people that I are in my network, and even some local businesses I was aware of. And from that, I've continued to look at, you know, just publications that are featuring entrepreneurs. And I love interviewing young women that are entrepreneurs. I love, you know, it's just so exciting. A lot of women in the Gen Y or millennial age group, I feel like they 
so many of them are becoming entrepreneurs as a percentage of the population. It's, it's so inspiring and exciting. And then my guests usually are friends with other entrepreneurs. And so they'll refer other people to me. I've interviewed probably three or four people that have been on Shark Tank. And one of my interviewees is Shelly Ehler of show no towels. And she just sent me an email today and connected me with three other really successful entrepreneurs. And it's just, it's just things like that, that guests helping me. The great thing about when you interview someone, you actually create an intimate connection with the person you're interviewing. And of course you're making a connection with the audience, but it's really special. I think what happens, you know, how often do you get to have a 45 minute or an hour conversation with a girlfriend? It's just rare. So that's kind of what's happening and we're becoming friends and I want to help them and they want to help me. And so that those have been kind of the main sources. And I, I find that most people are really receptive to being on a podcast. It helps their business. It's a new forum of communication, of getting their message out and sharing about their story and their business. And the exciting thing is that it's, you know, evergreen content. It's something that is timeless. They can continue to share with their audiences and even, you know, post a link on their website. I usually send them some code that they can post even the player onto their website so they could have it in say their media section or about me section and someone can you know listen to the show right on their website they don't have to come to mine or go to iTunes oh that's a great little tidbit I like that what has been the most challenging part of this podcast wow I think probably the schedule trying to do five days a week it is a lot I actually was talking to another new podcaster and she's launching soon with seven days a week. And I actually discouraged her from doing it because she has small kids too. I think she's decided to stay with it. She has a tighter format where she interviews with more of the same questions every day. I have to do research on each of my guests because I change the questions for each interview. I have a few I ask, like three or four that are the same all the time. But I really like to get into the person's area of expertise and a little more and in, deeper into their background. So it takes longer. But I, I would just suggest that people really take a look at the time it takes to fully put together the podcast and all the different elements involved. So yeah, I think that's what I would say has been the most challenging is just keeping up with the schedule we created. And then at the same time, I do love our schedule for people that are commuting to work or working out five days a week, we're there for them. And that's what we were hoping to be. So you recently just got back from Social Media Marketing World. You went to the New Media Expo in January, and both of them sort of were vibing with this topic of podcasting. Can you kind of share with everyone a little bit about kind of what that focus was and where people see podcasting going? Yes, it is literally the hot topic right now. I know not in everybody's circles it is because still only, I'll just throw out a few statistics, which I think are really helpful for everybody to hear, but only one in four people actually listen to a podcast. And so as more and more people start listening to podcasts, podcasts are now becoming available in cars. So new cars are becoming equipped with players that make it really easy to play and find podcasts in your car. And I really think it's going to start to replace radio. I almost, I used to be a huge fan of talk radio. I almost never listen to talk radio anymore. The amount of 
uh, commercials and news repeated and news I do not want my children hearing. <laughs> I've had, I just, I don't listen anymore. And so I love being able to listen to a podcast and pick the content, pick the time I want to listen to, stop and start it when I want to. And just the freedom and control it gives you is amazing. And then another exciting thing is that the average person that listens to a podcast listens to six. So that's a reason that you and I do not feel competitive with each other. I think we wouldn't anyway, because I think we're just both really supportive and love seeing other women succeed. But uh, the chances are that if someone likes me and likes hearing about successful women, they're going to love listening to your show too. So I think it creates a cooperativeness within the podcasting community. And then another thing that's being really talked about is how there's going to be more and more niche podcasts. So I have, we, you know, probably have mutual friends, but one of my friends is, is, has created a podcast about autism. Her son has autism and that's what she podcasts about is kind of the journey of what it's like having this, this different life of a son that has autism. And, and then another, another friend uh, interviews professional ballet dancers (laughs) and another friend has a podcast about how to send your kids to college debt free. So they're just, uh, and these are all female podcasters that I've mentioned. And so they're just the, the, really the huge talk is that this is the year and the next few years are the near year of the niche podcast. So there's going to be more and more very specific, very targeted podcasts that fulfill a specific niche. So knowing what you have learned about podcasting over all these months, what advice would you give to anyone who is contemplating doing a podcast this year? I would say go for it. It is one of the funnest things I think I've ever done in my work life. And I just love the connection. It's like a connection, a double connection. So I'm connecting with these guests. I'm building this amazing network of female entrepreneurs. That's really a side benefit I didn't think about was how my own personal business network would grow exponentially in a way that I don't think it could have otherwise. But also you're connecting with your listeners and you're providing something to them that that they need and they're getting inspired from. So that just it just really feeds you to know that you're helping other people. And because the number of listeners is starting to expand and going to continue expanding, you're, and you can reach people worldwide. <laughs> That's also another really fun thing to see. Oh, someone in, you know, Egypt listened to me and someone in Romania. And uh, just to see, you know, people, you're connecting with people all over the world. But I just encourage people to go for it, but also to be realistic about the amount of time you have to to be a podcaster and to also join a community, whether it's Podcasters Paradise or another community. There's some private Facebook groups that you can join for free and some other paid communities you can be a part of. But I really feel it's important to be part of a community because you will run into some technical difficulties and you will run into just some things that you have questions on. And it's so nice to be able to get an answer immediately from someone you trust and and respect. And that has been, you know, just a lifesaver for for us here. And Natalie, I'm going to second you on that right there because, you know, I joined Podcasters Paradise. This is John Lee Dumas's lifetime membership organization for anyone who wants a podcast. And he has hundreds of tutorial videos. And I joined it just weeks prior to when I was going to launch and the investment I made, literally, I was I was up all night the night before I was supposed to launch thinking, oh, my editing isn't going to take me that long. Oh, the update on the website isn't going to take me that long. And I was up all night 
and I could not figure out how to, you know, do the last minute uh, upload into iTunes or whatever the, you know, whatever it was. And I, I went on Podcasters Paradise. I found the video. It was an easy step by step on how to do it. And in that moment, I was like, that was worth every single penny I just spent on this thing because it, it answers all of those those questions. And along with that education comes the community. And that has been vital in in my journey. And I know in yours too, because you're very active in that community. So you can definitely look more into Podcasters Paradise. You guys can find that at bizwomenrock.com forward slash resources and uh, and check that out and see what that's all about. Natalie, I really want to bring this conversation to a close by asking you, what is your vision for the Biz Chicks podcast? Wow, that's exciting. Thank you for asking me that question. It's fun to just think, you know, I don't, I keep going, 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 do all my work and you don't necessarily think about what's my vision. Um, my vision is just to continue serving great content for women out there and to continue inspiring others in the way I've been inspired by other podcasts. And I hope that my vision is that we become a community of supportive entrepreneurial women that are taking our businesses to the next level. And I know a lot of people like me are serial entrepreneurs. We have other ideas and new ideas and just being supportive about uh, helping us take those to the next level. And of course, my biggest goal is that the podcast will support itself and bring an income in for my family. And I'm confident that it will. It's just such a fantastic medium. And I'm so delighted to be a part of it. And it's just really exciting to be putting great content out there for other people to enjoy for free. Natalie, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today, for being able to be very open about your experience as a podcaster thus far. I really, really congratulate you and the success that you've had. And I know that you're going to continue to have. And I just really want to thank you so much for telling us your story here today. Well, Katie, you are a phenomenal interviewer. I am an admirer of yours and a fan of yours. It's really an honor to be on your podcast. And thank you so much for inviting me. And as Natalie mentioned, if you are interested in podcasting, the best piece of advice that she and I can give to you is just to go and do it. There is such an amazing space out there and podcasting is so wonderful for the niches, no matter what your area of interest is, no matter what you're doing out there. You can utilize the platform of podcasting to really be able to reach a completely global audience. So Natalie just touched upon a couple of really, really great aspects about it. On Wednesday, our next guest, we're going to be seeing podcasting from an entirely different vantage point. So stay tuned for that one. And if you are interested in being able to access a three-hour workshop all about podcasting that I'm going to be putting on with the local Tampa Bay business owners tomorrow, which is April 15th, um, you are welcome to check that out. And I will have all the information on bizwomenrock.com. If you're listening to this and it's after April 15th, you can absolutely still have access to that video footage. So... Thank you so much for being here. Continue to listen. Podcasting is such a hot thing, and I'm so excited to bring you information about it from killer women who are just doing some great things in this space. So thanks for being here. I'll see you on the next episode. You still listening? 
Good, because I want to share with you some of the behind the scenes things that happened in order for today's episode to go live. So podcasting, just like any other business, has those days when everything goes wrong. (laughs) And from a technical standpoint, today was one of those days. My audio wasn't working correctly. My editing software completely got upgraded and I needed to learn how to do it all over again. Uh, My website wasn't working properly. And I literally almost just shut down. Actually, if you ask my husband, I did completely shut down. (laughs) And I had to have my nice little Katie temper tantrum and freak out. And oh my gosh, everything's going awry. (laughs) Anyway, I really just want to tell you this because one, I want to make sure that you know that every podcast I put out there, every episode I put out there, I really do with so much love, even if it isn't perfect, even if the audio is a little off, even though I really try hard not to have that happen, even if, you know, I didn't get that exact edit perfectly. At the end of the day, I truly believe that, you know, my job is to just serve you up really great stories as high quality as possible and to let you take them and and really use them how you need to. And B, because I want to make sure that you know that behind the scenes here at the Business Women Rock podcast is so not perfect. And, you know, there's a bunch of little technicalities that are going on here in order to get something out and in order to make this podcast really, truly great. And um, I just thought I'd share that with you. Anyway, see you later.